So I hear you're back home. How's the whole Linux situation going? Well, when I came back here, I wanted to play some computer games again. And I only play computer games on Windows because that means that I get something done when I'm using Linux. All good and well until I realized again that I actually hadn't fixed the <laughs> the mess that I made when I installed Nixos. So I think I told you that I by mistake deleted the Windows EFI partition. That sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I've been been. Uh, reading on the internet how to fix this and looking at guides and one of the guides was kind of fun it was like mount the windows partition find all files that end in efi take them and their friends and copy them to the efi partition to the microsoft uh, directory and then add a grub entry and everything should work uh it didn't work so or it worked so far as to boot the EFI file and then it said I cannot find the BCD database. So either I haven't copied files good enough or there's something else um, that's creating a mess. So I guess there are some hours of fun left here. But I hear you can game on Linux now. Yeah, but I don't want to. Okay. I've actually signed up for like pre-order, reserved a spot, whatever the system is, for the Steam Deck. Ooh. So I'm keen to try that. That was Linux-ish some time ago. No, the Steam Deck is entirely uh, a Linux machine. It is? Oh, yeah, cool. it runs a variant of Arch, so I can finally tell people, well, I run Arch. <laughs> is it the year of the arch desktop yeah yeah it's, it's the year valve made the linux desktop happen yeah absolutely potentially uh so yeah cool um i've been been yeah it just struck me i tried to install i tried to put the windows iso on an ericsson usb drive that I got from a friend that he probably got from a work fair or something. But it doesn't want to boot, so I guess I should just change the USB drive to something else. Yeah. Do you think the fact that it's an Ericsson USB drive is the issue? I don't know. As they have been they have been doing quite some fishy stuff lately, so or not lately, but it's been lately that, that uh, the public has uh, gotten hold of the fishy stuff or the information about it. What fishy stuff have they been up to? I've entirely missed Apparently, this. Apparently, Ericsson... I don't know what the title of them is. I want to say operatives, but they, they aren't really secret agents or anything. Ericsson salespeople? Whatever. Uh, in Iraq, I think, they bribed... Daesh members so they could do business in the country. And that's maybe not the best thing to do if you want to keep being a, you know, legit and nice company in the public eye. 
It seems fishy, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Please don't give money to terrorists. That seems like a bad look. Yeah, absolutely. I hope I hope <laughs> things will get sorted out. And it's I can totally see why it happens too. If you want to build a world spanning network of um, mobile phone masts, maybe you need to bribe some people, especially when those people are kind of dangerous and in possession of of um, things that go boom. Uh, on the other hand... Yeah, and they just refuse to let you span their world. That's Yeah, maybe maybe it's not needed to be there at that moment. Now you brought up Ericsson, so now I had a flashback to something I saw on the internet earlier, which was a picture from from like a career magazine or something. Or yeah, uh, this lady working at Ericsson was quoted about uh, apparently IT is a is a future career. Like there's potential there, but uh, strange and obvious quotes aside the best part was the her title so she's the senior vice president and head of business area technologies and new businesses at ericsson so if i parse the syntax right she has sort of two i'm the boss positions for this particular business area which is technologies and new businesses wow like senior vice president and head of business area and then the business area is technologies and new businesses yeah that that title it it creates so many questions can you be a vice president and what's the difference between a vice president and a senior vice president you and me have been talking about the absolute mess that is titles for software developers. So it, it must be worse here. I'm super curious about the junior vice president. Right. And the foot of business area. <laughs> the foot of business area. I wonder what that one does. Janitor, probably. Janitor. Business area, janitor. Like you, you like I'm the feet of business area technologies and new businesses. Ah, seems seems reasonable. So then, yeah, then you walk around and hand out coffee and fill in the the borders between your business area and the next business area. Like this whole vice thing is also a weird one. So, vice president. I mean, how many other roles have vice? sort of like a tier two or stand in like we need some redundancy here and i i can see needing redundancy for a role usually with developers you just get another developer you don't call them a vice developer (laughs) this is the vice developer or this is the vice tech lead vice scrum master (laughs) Vice Scrum Master is it has a certain ring to it. I like that title. <laughs> Senior Vice Customer Success Agent. I don't know. Yeah. Manager. Titles. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's yeah. almost like they mean something. Yeah. 
I prefer to get paid in money instead of titles. Yeah. I don't know. About yeah, so, so the heading of that particular article, though it wasn't Swedish, was the, it's the career of the future, IT and computers, or IT cool. and data. Uh, in Swedish, it's hard to know if it's data or computers, honestly. Yeah. Uh, when is the, the article from? Is it recent? I think it's pretty recent. Huh. Uh, I don't know because it was someone photographed it on a table. So, hmm. oh, okay, cool. But the it was posted recently. Yep. In the channels I'm in, I found it entertaining, especially the long title. I like absurd things. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Good stuff. I wonder if I could could upgrade my title to something cooler. I think I would lose my job, but until then. <laughs> Because because both my boss and his boss uh, don't believe in titles. Uh, so on the other hand, that might be the perfect opportunity to give me a really silly title because they go, haha, and then we yeah. can print lots of, of um, business cards. Yeah. Yeah. Vice president of Vice. That's a good one. Virtuous backend developer. Virtuous, yeah, okay. Yes, yeah. Virtuoso, possibly. Exactly. I I think with that you're heading into sort of rockstar ninja wizard shaman territory. Yeah. I like the wizard title though. Maybe it's because I played way too much mud when I was a kid. You played way too much in the mud. That too. Yeah, I mean, I like the fancy titles as well. The Rockstar and Ninja are a bit overdone. Shaman, I, yeah. I think, has its charm. Yeah, I get I get weird vibes from Shaman. It's some kind of, you know, cultural appropriation combined with the, the absolute nutter who was part of the storming of the Capitol Hill. Oh, right. Yeah. Yeah, both of those are. <laughs> Are fair concerns. So I think I like shamans mostly due to Shadowrun. Ah, cool. What about Druid? Yeah, I don't think there's anyone alive you can effectively appropriate with that. Some part of Ireland, I suppose. Maybe. There are modern Druids, but I don't know if there are some kind of Neo-Druids that don't mind. Or if they do mind. Yeah, there's also modern also through Yeah and like that's that, a lot of improv. <laughs> yeah, and that always rubs me in the wrong way because I I I want to see the the um, place where they uh, hang the sacrifices to Odin. <laughs> he likes human sacrifices. Yeah, I I'm pretty much fine with that with as long as you recognize that what you're doing is sort of neo-paganism or uh, like you're doing the remake yeah absolutely <laughs> the remaster of yeah uh, of it but i mean it's it's fine to do it it's not like anyone anyone from that time will take offense and it's indeed it would be fun if they did showed up in their longboats yeah and for people from our region at least it's sort of culturally accurate. Maybe. Yeah, I, yeah I mean, we don't know much. 
Yeah, it's uh, on, on the other hand, maybe I shouldn't be stomping on people's beliefs and culture too much. I mean, Viking clothes are cool. I think we can all they agree are. on that. And they are indeed. Yeah. <laughs> I know both both you and I know so many, so many Viking nerds. So. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and, and they make really, really nice clothing. It's very comfortable. Yes, it's very good. I really like uh, dressing in wool and linen. Maybe linen isn't the word for it in English. Hmm, I'm not sure. I think it's fine yeah i think that's yeah um, linen shirt yeah i think it's fine cool so uh cultural stomping done i'm i'm <laughs> so I'm linux now. is still a mess for you and i'm hopeful that i will be able to do gaming on linux actually yeah. this, the yeah. steam deck is is pretty interesting uh, they put a lot of hardware in it and it seems like they've cut the the cost rather cut the price very very low cool what what's the ballpark price so i think depending on what level of like storage and stuff you want you're between uh 400 and 600 us cool isn't that like uh, the newest playstation or something or maybe the newest playstation is a factor two or three more expensive i don't know no, I think, well, right now, I don't think you can get the newest PlayStation, but... Yeah, of course. Uh, but the Steam Deck is around the pricing of other consoles, but yep. it's also a fully functional computer <laughs> with a USB-C port, and like Ooh. it runs a proper Linux. Cool. Uh, a variant of, I think it's Arch plus a sort of skin of KDE. Cool. So... And then, uh, then of course, their Proton stuff and like a custom Steam client, which sort of Steam big picture mode, but other stuff in it. Yep. And um, they're doing a ton of work just to make it make it a, as smooth as possible. I mean, it's going to have warts, but the thing is, I'd almost pay that price to have a machine that can play, play the Spire. <laughs> <laughs> but i mean this is going to be also a fairly powerful like decently high-end laptop essentially in performance cool so it's the sort of latest amd integrated uh, gpu cpu thingy sounds good uh the only concern i have is how they have um taking care of cooling yeah, there's there's tons of uh, testing that's been done on that, and it seems to seems good. Nice. They're also sort of partnering with iFixit and stuff. So Valve is doing a lot of nice moves to to make it like slightly de-risk buying this stuff, where you can probably repair it long term. Uh, removing the battery is going to be a pain, but. Yeah, overall, they're trying to be decently serviceable. I think they got a 7 from iFixit, which isn't bad for such a tight device. No, that's really good. Hmm, nice. I didn't think they would wouldn't, um, do such nice things. They generally seem to have just fallen into a, you know, Scrooge McDuck's uh, money, penga binga, must have a word in English. I think um, it's a vault. 
yeah, money vaults where they are bathing around in their <laughs> heaps of money. But they seem to be be doing good stuff when they're not bathing, so yeah, that's cool. Yeah, this seems like a cool product, and I hope it pans out for them so that they keep doing it. Yep. But I guess we're supposed to talk about software development. While we've talked about software development, several minutes. <laughs> Somewhat. <laughs> Yeah, besides the fact that I want to put nerves on on the Steam Deck, I I had something else in mind, actually. Mm -hmm. So there's an idea that I find compelling and often too true, which is that the last 10% of anything you want to do, but especially in software development, takes 90% of the time. Some say that getting a piece of functionality, the last 10% of the way there takes 90% of the, <laughs> an additional 90% of the time, or takes, uh, I guess it takes 90% of the total time. So it also butts up to the Pareto principle, I guess, which is the 80, roughly the 80-20 rule. Like you get 80% of the benefit for from 20% of the effort essentially, and then then things get harder. And I think, like in my experience, there's something to that. It's not that clean cut in my experience. How do you feel about this this sort of idea? I think it holds true. Because generally, just just getting a bad prototype out there, that's not even 80% done, but... 50 or 35 or something. That's quite easy. Depending on... Oh no, I'll I'll have to take that back. <laughs> this didn't work out at all. Backtrack, backtrack. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, we have some prerequisites. Uh, the prerequisite is that I know the problem domain... I know the system that I will integrate with and maybe I need to know some things more. And if I do that, then the rule holds true. Otherwise, there there will be a discovery phase first and a whole lot of, why did they do that? And where am I supposed to put this thing? And why is... Uh, and then there's perhaps a pro- I perhaps can build a prototype uh, and and bolt it onto the existing system with uh, duct tape and uh, pure will and then I send it out for someone else to test and they find that absolutely none of the edge cases are covered So and that's of course embarrassing so I don't know where I wanted to go to <laughs> arrive with this reasoning, but <laughs> but you believe uh, it, I, it mostly holds, but not for every case. And I I think it's fair to say that the sometimes the discovery side of things, or the making sure you have everything you need to get started, can take a more time. Yep. And I think you only get the efficiency of an 80-20 or 
sort of situation if you're decently well versed in what you're trying to do skills wise yep i think it's actually that might not be true (laughs) (laughs) this is the this is how we backtrack conversation yep so your skill probably uh, determines what the furthest sort of 10% you can you can aspire to are or rather for example if you know some basics of building a website but not necessarily in-depth web development and you grab a tool that does a lot of the complex stuff for you but you have to do websitey stuff that might with that you might have the 80 20 efficiency and then when you try to do the get really in depth things get tricky and slow yep but for you or me who's done web development since way too long the like the point sort of what we can aspire to do is probably at its base higher in web development but if i'm doing a sewing project my my 80 20 is is very low in ambition it's it's not an impressive it's not an impressive endeavor that i could tackle but the first 80% of sort of the entire scope i guess would would be fairly straightforward and then i'd i'd spend the rest of the time swearing at the seams that's reasonable but i think that's yeah. it's like assume it sort of assumes that you can do the thing fairly in a fairly unhindered way i don't think you can 80 20 your way across something you don't know anything about that seems hard yeah I, like that doesn't i don't think the math adds up then Nah, then it's uh, quite a lot of learning experience first. Then you get those arg percent you mentioned uh, up front. <laughs> yep. It's like figure out, <laughs> can this be done? How does this work? Yeah, and I, I love to combine this with the Dunning-Kruger effect. I'm having a quite bad case of uh, hubris when it comes to software development. So it generally doesn't matter what it is when it comes to software development. I'll say, that's easy. (laughs) I can take care of that in no time. Knapsack problem, traveling salesman. Trivial. Bin packing. Uh, (laughs) P P equals NP. Let's go. (laughs) So, uh, yeah. The fun part being that we act. Where actually both you and I are are looking at different angles of PNP complete problems. Yep, that's that's for your quite a <laughs> for your job. <laughs> yeah, it's it's. I I find it okay. I will I will make a tangent here. I find it amazingly funny that an important part of my job is about those things that I never thought I I would work with when I uh, read about them uh, or when I studied them uh, at Chalmers and um, don't tell anyone this but the course that goes through all of these I haven't passed it yet so (laughs) (laughs) 
that makes everything even better. <laughs> but I, I assume, uh, I assume that no one has passed them because because they are NP complete courses, course problems. Ah, right. That's, yeah, that's that's a good. No one has passed <laughs> them optimally. Indeed, that's a good hypothesis. Um, I think other people have passed uh, this course and other courses like this, but it's it's very theoretical course, so I <laughs> maybe I shouldn't be too sad about it. <laughs> so uh, there's another course that's way more practical that I did pass. It's called uh, discrete optimization. And uh, just the name is just a treasure trove when it comes to bad jokes about discrete things. But that course, we actually solved some some NP-complete problems with heuristics. So we didn't probably didn't solve them optimally, but good enough and in quite a shorter time. Um, that was fun. Yeah. Yeah, I guess that's also very much sort of eighty twenty or nineteen ten kind of things, where there seem to be plenty of sort of first fit algorithms and assorted heuristics for tackling these different problems. Yep. But the better of a solution you need and the harder your like the the bigger your data set the more combinations you have to deal with the longer the tail of this sort of optimization and the harder your problem becomes and the better so either if you have a fairly small small data set which i think is mostly the case with what we're doing looking at i really hope so <laughs> um, <laughs> please don't add too many vehicles this will get very very slow eventually <laughs> we'll we'll have to i don't know hide the vehicles or something how many packages do you really need to deliver <laughs> come on <laughs> yeah but solving it for a small enough scope can be done fairly naively, especially if you don't need a high degree of optimization. But as soon as you add that it needs to be near optimal or op like near optimal, you've added a ton of work. Yep. And if you want it to be actually optimal and done in reasonable time you might have just broken your scope it's like yeah this is an un unsolved problem exactly it's a open research question as they as the euphemism goes mm. i find that for very small n brute force is a quite fast and good solution but when you get into trying to get answers fast for a fairly high number of combinations and you want to get near optimal and if you know that that's an open research 
something you don't want to actually do you probably don't want to target the actual the optimal thing but what you can of course do is throw some kind of fuzzy solution at it which could be like machine learning and then you get into like good algorithms that fit machine learning solutions and figuring out which machine learning algorithms are well suited to provide decent heuristic solutions to this problem that kind of thing and that's definitely an example of being way 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 into the last 10 percent, which will take more than 90 percent of your time yeah unless you get one of those pre-trained models and you can just just uh, shove them into torch or whatever the the engine for that is yeah but someone has to spend that 90 percent developing that model that's true do you is it cheating when that someone is someone else because I can I can create a decent ninety percent solution for something only using big building blocks that someone else has built, and I I walk around with my glue and paint to to give it the last touch. So I guess you're, are you talking about sort of stitching together different APIs and different systems and like yeah, and and actually having some luck when doing that that they aren't too bad. Yeah, I mean, that's also a way to make a lot of progress fairly quickly. And then when you want those 10% of those final 10% of sort of product polish or cohesiveness in your system, you're probably ready to, or you're probably doomed to have to put in uh, the 90% effort that you've been uh, putting off. Yep. By by using everyone else's stuff to make them either play nicely or to to do some of it yourself to make it work the way you need it to. I mean, you can stop in many cases after the first ninety percent and not spend those last ten. Probably. <laughs> the thing is, then yep. you're then you're constraining the scope. And I guess your your final ten percent takes ninety percent of the of that scope instead. I imagine. Uh, Absolutely. And it sort of adds up with my experiences of sort of trying to build my own little product and ship that. It's like, oh, I built most of it. Now I only have this left, and then this, <laughs> and then this. Oh, I I probably need this, and then we have. Well, I, I do need to send email. I guess I have to put it into production. And I guess it has to have backups. And, well, how do I want to do this? And user management. And I guess I... Well, technically, I need a privacy policy. <laughs> like, the <laughs> longer tail there of just things that need to be done. Yeah. You can skip ton of these things like you can ship a development server to production and just hope for the best or you can say ah email not today i'll i'll deal with it manually or you can say oh i'll i'll use heroku for shipping to production and and sort of 
uh, buy my way out of some of that. Some of that is leverage, like trading time for money, I guess. And some of that is trading, like indebting yourself, just trading technical debt to not have to do everything yourself. That is a viable tactic, yeah, though. for sure. I mean, that that's one of the parts of getting anything done. Yeah, because everything can't be built from first principles all the time. Then, then like, oh, I'm going to build a homepage. Let's go out and find some silicon. This will be yeah, fun. Yeah, and that project will have a really, really long last 10%. Oh, yes. But the first, because the first 90%, that was the quick part, was also immensely long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it's sort of one of these things that makes in a bit of intuitive sense like you can relate to it i don't know if it's actually i don't know when and where it's actually true it feels like it's true in many cases but i'm not sure i think it's better as a rule of thumb or as a meme than as something that you can actually apply all the time. <laughs> You're saying don't don't do your time estimation based off of it. Indeed. Have we talked about time estimates? Uh, at times, but I don't think we've we've gone into it. Huh. Maybe we we should do that sometime. Yeah, yeah, that's that's something we could certainly talk about at some point. Yeah. So so we agree then the. We believe that the Pareto principle is a very nice principle, but we're not sure about about all of this. Indeed. <laughs>